On this episode of Transit Unplugged, we travel to Kansas City and speak with the CEO of their transit system, Mr. Robbie Mackinnon. Robbie came from being the chairman of the board of KCATA, the Kansas City Area Transportation Authority. And now, with that as his background, he's helping to lead the way in experimenting with new services, such as free transit rides for veterans. They've provided over a million free rides in the past year. A new Ride KC Freedom Service, which is an app-based on-demand ride service, not only for ADA paratransit passengers, but also the public. And he's pioneering all kinds of new approaches to transit. He's a transit system CEO willing to experiment and try new approaches to mobility and is fast becoming a vocal leader in our industry. Hear him today on Transit Unplugged. What does it mean to be a successful public transit agency? What are you doing to lead the way? It's time to learn from the top transit professionals in North America. This is Transit Unplugged with your host, Paul Comfort. I'm Paul Comfort, your host of Transit Unplugged, and today I'm excited to be in downtown Kansas City, Missouri with the CEO of KCATA, the Kansas City Area Transportation Authority, Robbie Mackinnon. Robbie, thanks for being with us. Well, thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Yeah, you guys have so many cool things going on here at KCATA. We're going to get into all of them, some great innovations you have. But first off, I'd like to kick uh, the show off by asking people a little about their background. Mm -hmm. So tell me how you ended up being CEO of one of the best transit systems in America. Well, that's actually a very good story. I started out in social work, okay? I worked a lot with children and families and then started working for the county here and got put on the ATA board. And I remember going to my first meeting of the KCATA board and then going back to my superiors and saying, get me off that thing. <laughs> All they do is eat chicken sandwiches and, and vote yes. Okay. There's nothing to do. Yeah. I said, no, 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 go down there and, and say, well, a couple of years later, they, they wanted to elect me chair. And I said, well, I'm not going to do that unless you let us do a little disruption around here. We need to turn this place upside down and shake it and turn it into what it was meant to be. Mm. And they agreed, as in the rest of the board. And then I was elected uh, board chair for five years, which normally they just do one-year terms. Okay. And then we actually went out, and once we had changed course here, we were in a search for a new CEO. We actually got Joe Reardon, who was uh, an ex-mayor of the Unified Government, a wonderful man, and got him to take the job, which mm -hmm. was uh, a real coup for us. Okay. But about eight months later, he took a job with the Greater Kansas City Chamber of Commerce, which he fits like a hand to a glove okay. for the chamber. And then I remember calling my board and saying, they took our guy. Uh, <laughs> what are we going to do now? And I remember most of them going, oh, no, I'm not going to go through all that again. You do it. So I took it over from an interim standpoint. And I had been kind of running a, a, for a year okay. in an interim basis. So I did. And here we are. Here we are. So, But I think it's very important to understand the way I got into public transit and, and getting into it with a social work type mentality. It's kind of like stepping through the looking glass here of how you think about what your job is. This isn't about inanimate objects that just go from point A to point B or whatever. This is about people. Yes. Okay? And what I tell my staff every day that I possibly can is that this is that job. This is that job where you can affect more people's lives 
in a day than most people get to do in a lifetime. Think about that for a second. That's right. Okay? And that's everything from transit is that one thing. Public transit is that one thing that crosses the full gambit from workforce to health care to getting people to and from jobs, to and from education, to the grocery store, whatever that may be. Everybody that you deal with every day has a different reason out of 16 million trips. And I know that's not a lot for some of the bigger cities or whatever, but 16 million trips for Kansas City in a year is a lot. Absolutely. Okay. What's your daily ridership here in the system, would you say? You know? No, I don't. 16 million divided by whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Uh Yeah, but I'm just saying, you look at that, how many people you can impact on a day. That's right. Uh, Those riders are not the only ones affected. Their mom, their dad, their spouse, their kids, their job. I mean, the ripple effect's phenomenal, isn't it? It sure is. Yeah. It absolutely is. That's wonderful how passionate you are. I, I heard you speak a couple months ago in Chicago at the Shared Mobility Conference, and I thought to myself, that is a kindred brother. We both want to be disruptors and make sure that this transit industry fully adapts to what the future is bringing and continues to help people. It's focused on people. Yeah, why does the word disruption, why is that a bad word? (laughs) Exactly, man. Okay, I look at it as as a real positive force, okay? And that's the way, in my opinion, that's the way public transit has to look at it too. And when I sit in a meeting two years in a row where I keep hearing the same things about woe is us, we need more federal dollars. You know what? It's like I said in that meeting that you heard me speak. It was, look, we need to quit just worrying about our own little piece of the pie, and we need to figure out how to go out and eat other pieces of the pie. There you go. Okay? The more you can diversify your funding stream so that you're not just set on that federal funds or the state funds or the local municipality city of funds, right. the better off you're going to be. And that's what we're excited about. We'll get to talk a little bit about that in a little bit, some of those innovative projects. That's great. So personal life, married, kids, or what's your Oh, yes. Yeah? Uh, I've been married for what? Almost 18 years. I have two wonderful children, 14 and 11, two boys. My youngest we adopted. He was a foster child of ours when got him when he was two days old and adopted him a year later, and they are the light of my life. I don't know if if everybody knows that I am visually impaired. I lost my vision about six years ago. Okay. Okay? That is at the time that I was still working for the county but was on the board of the ATA. All of a sudden, I got thrust into a paratransit system. Oh, yeah. That I was not used to. Do you mind if I ask how you lost your sight? It's called a ischemic optic neuropathy. My eyes are fine. The optic nerves got ah, cut off. Okay. Nobody's sure. Went to the Mayo Clinic, uh, oh, wow. you know, until it's like your spinal cord once yeah. it's, you know, so. So now suddenly you're a paratransit rider. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And, <laughs> so, yeah. and it was terrifying. Okay. Okay. But the thing that got me the most was that, you know, you lose your vision and all of a sudden your life is you think your life is over. You think, how am I going to take care of my family? How am I going to take care of my kids? Uh, uh, uh. And so I tried that whole curling up in a ball thing mm. and crying, and that didn't work. Yeah. Uh, and then I remember being with my son and my wife. He was eight at the time, and we were in a price chopper, and she walked in, and I heard him crying in the, in the back of the truck. And and I said, what's, what's the matter? Uh, is, there, is everything okay? He says, Dad, I feel sorry for you. Mm. And then about 15 seconds later said, Dad, is this going to happen to me? And it was like a hammer over the head. Mm. And from that moment on, my kids are my driving force to be able to show. I coach my son's 
football team blind. Uh, really? Uh, and That's awesome. Uh, my kids are going to know that there's nothing there you go. that they can do. I hate the word disability. I hate that word. I call it diversibility. And so I'm just going to keep pushing. Anyway, so I get put yeah. into the paratransit system. And then what I realize is you're talking about a bi-state area here with a lot of different entities from Kansas to Missouri to different counties. Okay. And the transit system back in the day here was, my gosh, we didn't even have a map of all the different transit systems, wow. okay? Different cities, different counties, different, everybody trying to do a different thing because nobody wanted to play in anybody else's sandbox. It was a hard road to hoe, for, for lack of a better way to say it. But what that did to folks like myself and folks with disabilities is really put us in it. I would take a, a paratransit ride out to Independence, Missouri, and then I would get there, but then once I was there, I couldn't get out because mm. I didn't live there. I didn't qualify for their system. Okay. I couldn't get around anywhere. We actually had a, a transit center in Johnson County. I have a meeting at the transit center. I can't get there. Okay, mm. I can get about <laughs> uh, I can get about a mile away, and then somebody's got to come pick me up. But yeah. I can't get there. Wow. And, and that lack of resources, that lack of it's yeah, terrifying. The yeah, they it's don't have terrifying. Mm -hmm. Okay, to somebody, and I just felt lost. Okay, and, and from that, from that moment, on, I was like, no, there's a better way to build this mousetrap. Yeah, let's figure out what it is, and I think I think we have. I Good. Think we've so tell us about picked it. up the magic formula. Uh, what is the structure of your system now? What we've started is what we call Ride KC Freedom. Okay, okay? it's a app just like a, a, a TNC app or an Uber app or whatever. It's a Ride KC app. So, but what we've decided to do is take our most vulnerable population and our folks with disabilities and build a program from that cornerstone out rather than what most people have done is, hey, let's go try this. And oh, by the way, now we got to reverse engineer to take care of those people. Right. So you start okay. with that first. Right. So yeah. that's what we did. And knowing that normal paratransit service in Kansas City, I'm sure it's, it was that way everywhere else, 24-hour notice, 30-minute windows, right. each side, drivers not making a whole lot of money with a contractor or whatever, it was hard, yeah. okay? And I'd be, how am I supposed to get to a meeting and an interview with you with those kind of barriers in place? Right. Okay, I can't do it. All I want to do is compete. Just level the playing field for me. Help me level the playing field yeah. so that I can compete. So that's what Ride KC Freedom does. So now with this on-demand type of service, you can go onto the app just like you would for a TNC or an Uber or whatever. Okay. You can get that ride. As someone with a disability, you put your code in and your trip is subsidized. Okay, just like it was on, on, on regular paratransit service. It's still less than an Uber trip. But here's the fun part. Okay. okay, the fun part is is that you without a disability, what I would call a retail customer, you can take it too. And who, who drives, tell me about you know, the system itself. Who's driving those vehicles? What are they driving? What kind of Well, vehicles? we have a company called Transdev that does this with us. They're okay. fabulous. They've yeah, been yeah, working they're, they're with great our, guys. Yeah. I know them, yeah. They've been working with our paratransit system for a long time, but they helped us build this, build okay. George and Transdev. But these drivers are vetted, obviously. Yes. Okay. If you're a millennial downtown or whatever, I get it. You're used to doing that Uber thing. Once you get out in the suburbs or whatever, my mother's not going to take an Uber trip. Yeah. But she's going to take a Ride KC Freedom trip because okay. she knows, oh, that's part of the transit agency. Right. right? Exactly. 
So we've started so paying a little better and nice vans, those kind of things. Well, and the fact that these drivers are vetted, right? Okay, and that they've come through our process, and we know who they are, and then you also know who they are. The communication between the drivers and and our clients yeah. is, is wonderful, and they eventually feel like family, right? But the fun part is, you we haven't marketed this yet, but we're going to start to now. Is that you, as a what I would call a retail trip, someone without a disability, now you can use that service too. Okay. But the fun part is that. When you take that trip, when you take that Ride KC Freedom trip, 6 to 10% of that, of your trip, comes back to help offset the cost for our folks with disabilities. So, if you have a choice between taking a Ride KC Freedom trip here in Kansas City or uh, any other TNC, we would hope you would take Freedom because we know that you will know that you're paying it forward. You're giving back, okay? yeah. Within okay. your own community. That's even better way to say okay? it. Okay, yeah. which is pretty unique yeah. in our industry, I believe. But now we're not talking about those 24-hour notice, 30-minute windows. Okay. Okay. So now our now our folks with disabilities have options. The first option is we took that first step of making fixed route service free, okay, for folks with disabilities. We did that. And then the next one was our regular period transit service, which we can still provide for, okay. for folks that need that. And then the, what I would call premium yeah. paratransit service, which is Ride KC Freedom. So... You have choices, all right? I think the thing we need to get rid of from a public transit mentality is the us versus them type thing. A streetcar versus a bus, right. uh, bus versus Uber, uh, bike versus whatever. You know what? It's all mobility as a service, okay? And you as a customer, me as a customer, the more options I have mm-hmm. and the more access I have, the more I'm apt to use public transit. There right? Yeah, right. Okay. The thing I hear from folks when they want to talk about not getting out of their comfort zone, look, you heard me say it. Change comes at the end of your comfort zone. That's okay. Right. Well, I wrote that quote down, by the way. That's a really good well, quote. Well, Kansas yeah. City is at the end end of your comfort zone. There okay. You go. Oh, yeah. Because that's where progress, innovation, and success, that's where that is. Yes. At the end of a comfort zone. Okay. So, us being able to try stuff. And be innovative is one of our one of our, our biggest attributes now. That's if you've got the fact that normally everybody is scared to fail, mm-hmm. okay? You can't be scared to fail. If you're scared to fail, how do you know what success is? That's right. Okay? We are going to, darn it, rather than hiring consultants and paying a lot of taxpayer money, whatever, to do studies for a year and a half and then have a two-inch thick, book that we can all (laughs) then look through, we're going to put it on a street and see if it works. What better way to find out how we can change, how we can move, how we can manipulate this innovative project into something that's going to work for us. And that's what we've been doing. And that's how we kind of came from bridge to Ride KC Freedom. It was because we were able to put it on the street and see what it actually did. So we're very excited about it. That is good. We had coffee this morning with your CIO, Mike Grigsby, and he has that same willingness to experiment and try new things, I think, that you're talking about. And, of course, your your staff members, Tyler Means and Jameson Auten, who I've been working with, mm. your innovative guys, man. This is it's just great. So that new program you started— how many people are using that? And then let's talk about your overall system. Tell us about your streetcars and your buses and all that. Well, my gosh. We started a pilot program on RIKC Freedom on last May. Okay. And so it's then, been about a year. Yeah, and we were looking at about, uh, on RIKC Freedom, our on-demand service, about 70,000 trips, which is big for Kansas City. Yeah. And that's fantastic. That's okay. Great. 
That is fantastic. With a total trip volume in the region of uh, just under 16 million total rides for right. for a fixed route and everything else. So you've got uh, a bus system, a light rail. Tell us about that, the overall structure of KCATA. Well, our, our BRT systems are, are bar none some of the best in the country, okay? Our bus rapid transit, our MAX system that was done before I got here on uh, Main Street and, and on Troost. Now we just received federal funds and help on our Prospect MAX. The Prospect MAX is the east side of the city here. It is going to be a jewel in the crown of the ATA because what we're doing now is, from that standpoint, this isn't about just putting four tires on the road. This is about everything that comes with that, Mm -hmm. the community development side, the economic development side, the innovation side. We now have an economic development department at the KCATA. Really? Yes. We have an innovation department. You met Tyler and and Jameson. Well, we also have an economic development department. We've got two gentlemen who've come in to run that for us who have a combined 75 years in, in economic development experience. So we would say, why do you do that? Well, I'll tell you why. Because the Prospect Corridor is a perfect example. If there's a project that we can get involved in and we can be a tool for the city of Kansas City or any of our counties or or city ofs, that's where we need to be. This is a bi-state compact. Right. Okay, it's a powerful document. It was designed upon a Port Authority of New York. Mm. The problem is is that nobody has ever tried to unwrap that before and see how we could use it for good. Mm. Our ability to get property and assemble property around a stop now or around a transit center is huge. And if we can help do that, look, I call it the three R's. If you're going to bring something around my table every Monday morning that'll generate ridership, revenue, and relationships, Mm. put it on the table. I like that. Okay. And and we're going to talk about it because it's a big deal. And if we can help from a development standpoint, whether it's rooftops or companies or whatever, coming in here, that's only going to generate more ridership for us. Here's where I would like to see us go. I know I'm kind of getting off track here, but this is important to me. Public transit has always been an afterthought. This is a region where it's a big region, yeah. all right? You got your downtown, but then rule, and, and it, it goes covers the gambit, okay. right? If you're a new company and you come out to uh, Gardner Edgerton or whatever, miles away and you find your greenfield and you build your big factory and hire 1,600 people. And then a month later, you come out the door and you go, hey, our public transit system's awful. Well, of course it is. You know why? Because transit wasn't a part of the discussion at the front. Right. Okay. It needs to be a higher on the waterfall when it comes to development. As far as I'm concerned, public transit is now an incentive not just a a public service when it comes to economic development, Mm -hmm. if that makes sense. And what I mean by that is we're starting to work with companies like Hallmark and others to where, okay, if you've got to pay somebody $20 an hour to get them to go all the way out to 22 miles away from here to get get a job— and you got to pay them that kind, of, that kind of money to do that, why don't you pay them 20 and give them a free transit pass? Okay, that way we can get them to work, plus then they have access to the region too. Right. Right, that's a pretty good concept, and that's kind of where we're going with our, uh, it's called RIKC Job Access, okay. which we're trying to work with companies and, and transit management associations and that kind of thing. But, again, transit needs to be at the front of those discussions, and we've done that here in Kansas City, the Kansas City Area Development Council, the EDC, the city of, to where now we get invited 
when there's prospects, if you will, of mm-hmm. people coming into Kansas City, to talk about those things at the front end, not the back end. Yeah, and that, that helps everybody. Absolutely. You can build the infrastructure. I know in Baltimore, when we had some big developers come in who were doing a, um, a business park, we talked to them early on like you did, and it made all the difference because as they laid out the streets, they could put cement bus pads at the, where the bus stops were going to be instead of asphalt so there wasn't the groove there. Those kind of thinking ahead <laughs> items really make a big difference. And planning the bus routes out ahead of time, that's exciting you're able to do that here in Kansas City, man. Yeah. Yeah, so you've got, you've got a BRT system that's second to none. You've got uh, regular public buses, and then we mm-hmm. saw some light rail vehicles. Yeah, we have a streetcar now that's mm-hmm. uh, run by a wonderful gentleman by the name of Tom Guerin and the Streetcar Authority. Okay. It's a two-mile spot right now from the River Market down to Union Station, which is a, a great avenue, if you will. And the amount of development, I think it's way over $3 billion in development just since that line came in. Wow. Now we're talking about a, uh, working with the Streetcar Authority to extend that all the way down to the plaza. But it's not just about extending the streetcar. It's got to be about that whole comprehensive transit planning, right. if you will, and how that interacts with all the rest of the mobility as a service, our on-demand services, our bus service, our bikes, yeah. right. everything. Yes, That's great. Kansas City is such a cool city because it like has a connotation of its own brand already. When you say KC, what do you think of, right? So on the transit side, I mean, I think of barbecue. <laughs> and we had some great barbecue last night. But on the transit side, you're creating your own brand, aren't you? Yeah, a, we a, have. A new approach of, of how to do things. We have. We had a bunch of different names around for a Johnson County transit system, right. an independence transit system, all this. And what we've been lucky enough to do is, is get a lot of support to come in with, with that one brand in the region, mm-hmm. which is Ride KC. Okay, and Ride KC has been adopted by the region as a whole. It's on all our buses, our streetcars, even our bikes. It's been fantastic. Our people that did our last survey told us like over 85% of people that they surveyed who were non-transit riders knew what Ride KC was. Is that right? How long ago did you implement that? And that was only, what, a year or two. Wow. And he was floored at how fast that had taken on. And taken off. A brand recognition. So, That's amazing. Yeah, That's wonderful. Absolutely. It sounds like as you're changing your brand and making it more customer-focused, your overall transit system, what do you see coming in the future for Kansas City Transit, but also for transit across North America. What are the innovations that are coming that you think we should be looking to? Well, I got one for you that's okay. that's that's really going to be off the wall. <laughs> okay. Uh, but we're going to do it. All right. Okay. I think honestly, in my opinion, uh, transit should be free. Public transit should be free. And I know I'm speaking treason here, right? But let's talk about that from a different way. And let's talk about that from the pilot that we're going to do here and that we're starting to do right now. We're going to work with the Greater Kansas City uh, Healthcare Foundation. And what we've done is we've gotten around the table safety net providers. These safety net providers are your, you know, uh, homeless agencies, could could be anything, you know, based upon your city. You know what I'm talking about from a, a safety net provider. Yep. And this goes back to my social work background. Okay, what happens in those situations? They all go out and they all take their bucket every year and they try and find where the money's coming from, mm-hmm. right? They write grants to the federal government. They write grants to public foundations, private foundations, whatever that may be. Well, what I'm saying is what we can do now is go in and we can leverage a, a $100 million by state transit authority along with you as that nonprofit and say, when you put your grant in, because let's talk about it. Everybody 
who is a safety net provider, what are the first two things in any city, I would guess, that are the top priorities? Housing and transit. That's right. And then your services after that yes. that you provide your clients, correct? Right. Okay. So if we can go in and leverage with you the transit piece to where we can make your grant more attractive, mm -hmm. having us as a partner, and then we come back. Look, we're not in a profit business here, okay? We're just trying to get some of our costs back. And let's be honest, the buses are running that way anyway, okay? But if we can be part of your, part of your grant process, then when that comes back, then what we can do is rather than you just saying, well, I went down to the ATA and I, I, I bought a bunch of paper passes in here. Paul needs a, a, a pass to go to a job interview today. Right. So you get a day pass, but how does that help you in the future? Right, exactly. Okay. Get to the job once you get it. Right. Yeah. So what we're saying is let's get in, leverage that with you, and then take over that piece to where then we can give you hard cards, yes. like we do for our veterans, and I love to talk about that, is to where now annually your client has free access, not only along that corridor where you are, but access to the region for a year. That's impact. Yes. Okay? That is impact from a job standpoint, from a health standpoint, from a whatever. And our nonprofits are seeing that and going, hey, this is something special. Now, I guarantee you, this is pretty innovative compared to anybody else. And when I talk to you, Paul, about diversifying your funding streams, this is part of that process. There you go. Okay. So if we can figure out other ways uh, to skin that cat rather than just going city or, or federal government, oh, I need yeah. more money, this is a heck of a way to do it. So you're still getting to zero right. because your client's not paying. It's just being subsidized from a different direction. And let's be honest, I'm sure we're just like everybody else. 80-some percent of the problems that we would ever have on a bus or on any vehicle, for that matter, is because of a fare. Yes. Uh, because About of a fare box. Cetera, so, yeah. yeah, we need to get that fare box off the bus. Look at you. So, okay. would, do you have a timeline? Is your board on, bo is your board on board with this? <laughs> yeah, they really are. Our Good. board, we are very lucky that they are so engaged, and I was one of them. Yeah, And sure. we get very excited about this, and they're as passionate as I am, so... I think it's like wonderful. It. I, I haven't talked to, I think I've done 20 interviews now with CEOs, and I haven't talked to one of them that came from the board. So the fact that you've got kind of that well of support, having been a member of the board and then become the CEO, I think that gives you maybe some leverage to really be kind of out there as an innovator like you are, because you've got such great relationships, having been chairman of your board. That's really interesting. Because well, people are usually afraid to take on new challenges because kind of their upline isn't supportive. But since you've got that level of support, it gives you the freedom and flexibility to try new things. That's just in our DNA anyway. I yeah. can just tell by yep. talking to you, okay? And it's really easy. You know the old saying, pioneers get shot, settlers thrive, right? <laughs> but, but I'm going to be a pioneer because that's why I'm here. Yes. Okay? And if I can't go lay my head on a pillow and think I made a difference, then what am I doing here? Right. Okay? So... While they'll still have me, and, and God love them for keeping me <laughs> yeah. as long as they have right now, we're going to start doing some innovative stuff, and we're going to have some fun, and we're going to make a difference in people's lives. Because, again, this isn't about an adamant object. It's about people. That's great. What a great place to close our interview today with Robbie Mackinnon, the CEO of the Kansas City Area Transportation Authority. Transportation really is about people, isn't it, Robbie? It's not about buses. It's not about bus stops or locations. It's about who we serve. Yes, it's about affecting people's lives every day. And that's pretty exciting if you look at it from that way rather than just standard operations. 
well, I can't wait to see all the new innovations that are going to come from you. And maybe you'll be the first major transit system in America to give free rides. That'd be awesome. You need to come back and, and we need to do this for about two more 30-minute segments because I got a lot more to tell you. Okay? Sounds good. <laughs> Our guest today has been Robbie Mackinnon, the CEO of the transit system here in the Kansas City area. Thanks so much for being with us. Hey, keep doing what you're doing too. Thank okay, you. this is a big deal. Thank I you. appreciate it. You've been listening to Transit Unplugged, powered by Trapeze Group. To stay up to date, subscribe on iTunes or Google Play, or join the conversation at transitunplugged.com. Thanks for listening.